Combat, exploration, and roleplay. These are known as the three pillars of play that make every game of Dungeons & Dragons exciting, tense, and rewarding. But we believe there's another pillar to the world's greatest role-playing game, and that fourth pillar is creation. Are you a dungeon master who has always wanted to create your own monsters, execute your own adventures, design your own challenges, spells, classes, and lineages? That is what we here at the fourth pillar of play, a Night Shift radio production, are doing. Learning game design by designing games. We are not professionals. We are enthusiastic amateurs, just like many of you. So join us as we review and discuss information by professional game designers and put theory into practice by creating new worlds, new monsters, and new opportunities for heroic players. I'm Josh. And I'm Talon. Join us at the fourth pillar of play, available wherever you download your podcasts or visit us at www.fourthpillarofplay.com. And we look forward to creating with you. Greetings, greetings, friends, travelers, strangers from distant lands. We are Tipples and Tolkien, and we are once again back to bring you another episode, breaking down this week's episode of Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. My name is Eyes. And I'm M. And we've got quite a bit to cover today. Mm, quite, a, quite a lot went on in this uh, last episode. Felt like a movie. Yeah, it did. They they uh they packed a lot in. Um, yeah, yeah. That that was definitely. I I was making so many notes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going through my my notes are so long. I think we saw. I think this is probably the first episode where we actually saw pretty much every character and got introduced kind of to new characters very mm. briefly. Um. Yeah, yeah, it did show. It showed every storyline that's happening right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. It felt very fast-paced. <laughs> I was like trying to scramble down my notes as quickly as I could without missing things. It was, it was a lot. And the crazy part is too, thinking about it, there really wasn't much action in this episode at all. Mm. Like so much happened, but you know, when it comes to Lord of the Rings, we've always come to expect battles or clashes of some sort but there really weren't any at all so i th thought that was very interesting to think mm -hmm. about just powerful moves that didn't involve really any kind of violence yeah um, it was kind of like a a setting up for kind of i guess definitely yeah i, I feel like the next couple of episodes are definitely going to be a lot more action-packed and i felt like this was building up to that and setting everything in place ready once again have to also gush a bit about the music <laughs> um especially toward the end of the episode oh my god i was i was feeling it that <laughs> was that was epic the the score i think the composer's name is bear mccreary uh he's fantastic great job bear very very we're, good we're huge fans yeah <laughs> so let's start then with the harfoots mm. the lovable harfoots and they're uh they are on their care well their caravan trail um, they are migrating, and uh, now they have Meteor Man to help them along. Yeah, they, uh, they're they wandering, it seems, based on the map they provided, wandering around the, uh, I want to say, 
just slightly north e don't sorry northwest-ish of Mordor down into uh like the Athelian area which is kind of near Osgiliath and it's between Mordor and Minas Tirith it's it's more or less in that area so that seems to be where they're at right now <laughs> I was gonna say of course we see Meteor Man he's learning the common tongue he's he becoming liked by the Harfoots well for the most part I think <laughs> No, I think so too. Yeah, they they've really warmed up to him, and uh, I was I told I told him this when we watched the episode. He he didn't sound like I imagined he would sound, mm-hmm. but that's fine. <laughs> yeah, he's learning the common tongue, and he's uh, I think especially learning about who he is and what he can do. There was that instance where he automatically assumed that he was like. A bad creature mm. or a dangerous creature, so to speak. Mm. And when Nori was talking about the, like, you know, creatures and monsters that could be on the way, he automatically assumed he was one. Yeah. Anyway, um, but, you know, then he kind of told himself, no, I'm good, which could hopefully mean something good. <laughs> he is good. Yeah. That would, that would be that would that would be really sad if he turned out to be bad. Yeah. Ultimate plot twist, but Yeah. Mm. He's and, definitely uh, still raising some eyebrows, that's for sure. Well, yeah. I mean, so the where where they end up. So, I I didn't tell you this last night when we watched the episode, but um the woods where they encounter those wolves when they attack them. Mm. Those woods I'm under the impression that these woods are the same woods that Frodo, Sam, and Smeagol go through when they go from Osgiliath to what's called Kirith Ungol, where they climb the stairs. And I'm not sure if it's in the regular edition of Return of the King or the extended edition, but there's a brief scene where there's like a a statue, like a head of a statue on the ground. Mm -hmm. And for a brief moment, it's illuminated by the sun and it looks beautiful. And it kind of reminds Sam and Frodo that they're still good in the world. There's still hope Mm -hmm. before it's covered by cloud again. Because I noticed there were some statues and there is one with like a giant head on the ground Uh in the background. And the trees and the setting looked all the same. Anyway, point is, (laughs) that was what I thought and... If that is supposed to be the same like woods, then they're in where I think they are. Mm. Interesting. No, but, I didn't pick up on those statues. But how about that? Uh, how about that display of power, though? Huh? Mm. Yeah, he's cool. <laughs> <laughs> we did some kind of ground slam with yeah. his arm, <laughs> which I mean, if he is a wizard, we haven't seen a wizard do that yet. No. So. He really messed up his arm. Maybe he, maybe he like broke his arm when he did it. Mm. I'm, based on like the bruising and stuff, maybe uh, maybe that's what happened when he hit the ground. Yeah. Um. Um. I have talking about his injury. Um. Of course, there is a theory behind it. Mm. Um. Now, I am still very much swaying from this opinion, and I don't think this is the case. But I thought it would be worth a mention. Um, some people are still convinced that this could be Sauron, of course. 
there was they picked up on his arm basically like it was like turning black I guess it was I don't know if that was like a bruise or what like if it was an injury from the thing um but they linked it with um Sauron said to have uh, a blackened hand interesting yeah and um and they're they're wondering if it's some kind of like dark magic that he's using obviously with the ice when he put his hand into the water and I don't know. It healed the arm. Did it heal it? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure it did. Um, with, and, and he was, I don't know, he, he definitely is a, a Maiar of some mm-hmm. sort. You know, he, he has access to this power. And I, I recognized, I mean, not the exact words, but he was speaking incantations like we've seen like Gandalf speak mm-hmm. incantations. Um and uh yeah, he was he was healing himself there. Yeah. We haven't seen that kind of self-healing ability yet, so that was kind of neat. Mm-hmm. Nori was obviously affected by it, but when she was caught in the ice with his with his arm, there were like brief flashes of imagery before she was able to break free and I think it's I think it was implied that Nori maybe was shown some things mm. and she she thus didn't understand them and became scared. I don't know. Yeah. At first I thought like Nori couldn't speak afterward. Like mm. she was she she lost the ability to speak cuz she looked like she was trying to say something but she couldn't. I don't know. Yeah. No, it's interesting. It's it's sat me back on the I don't know 100% if this is a good or a bad guy, but I'm still not convinced it's Sauron, but I am now a little bit like, oh, I am feeling a little bit more confused. I'm hoping he's a good guy, but I definitely feel a little bit in the the middle about him again. (laughs) Alternate theories have been popping up in which this is a, it wouldn't be lore accurate, but it would be, it could potentially be Saruman. Uh-huh. As well, which is interesting considering at first, you know, he thinks he's bad, but then he's like, no, I'm good. Like mm-hmm. we see Saruman in the movies kind of convert from a good guy to a bad guy. Now, granted, that was mainly because Sauron was able to corrupt his mind via the Palantir. But it's it's worth noting it. It, it could be a wizard. It's definitely not Radagast. Radagast mm-hmm. would have left the Harfoots behind and. You know, found some animals to hang out with. <laughs> um, oh, but how about that question we we received, Em? Ah, uh, yes. On, on, on the While topic we're of on wizards. The, yeah. So we received a question on Instagram from Mark. And it's, what's a blue wizard? I've been hearing you guys talk about them a lot and the possibility of Meteor Man being one. Nice. Yes. Well. We have uh we've I we've definitely mentioned the blue wizards. Quite we just <laughs> probably haven't really explained them yet. Yeah. Um if you watched The Hobbit, any of the Hobbit movies, at one point there's a line, Gandalf actually mentions them. He says, uh, in their wizard order, there's him, there's Radagast, there's Saruman, and there's two blue ones whose quote whose names I can't quite recall at the moment. And uh these blue wizards, well, <laughs> <laughs> they uh, kind of had their names changed uh, <laughs> by Tolkien later on down the line. So 
the blue wizards aren't directly involved with the major events that we see and hear about in middle earth uh the blue wizards were sent by the valar to middle earth to you know to help stop sauron and to um whether it be spread positive influence or fight any forces they encounter they their job was to do that in the east and in the south not much is known about them honestly there's there's really not much there at all um in the texts so if this is a blue wizard then great uh, that would be <laughs> they have some some great uh foundation to work off of you know to provide an original story for it the names of them are initially were known as Alatar and Palando. Eventually, oh man, I'm gonna total totally butcher this name. <laughs> Morinatar and Romestamo. Um, <laughs> sorry, uh, Tolkien elite, I, I butchered the name there. But one thing that's interesting to note: why we also think this may be a blue wizard, according to the the lore, the Wizard Order arrived in Middle-earth during the Third Age, so it mm -hmm. wouldn't be during the time of the show. However, later on, when Tolkien changed their names, he also changed the date in which they arrived. He said mm -hmm. that the Blue Wizards arrived in the Second Age, which is what we're in now. Yeah. So fans... Assuming based on that, that this is a blue wizard, we just haven't seen his counterpart yet because it's the second age and that's when they arrived. Mm -hmm. So that's all there really is to know about the blue wizards <laughs> right now. We, like I said, there's really not much written about them at all. So when it comes to their abilities and things that they do, we don't know. Which is why we're having a hard time, you know, deciding whether this is a blue wizard or not. Yeah. But I hope that helped a little bit. If you have any more questions about, you know, wizards or if there's some other topic we've been mentioning frequently, but you need some some clarification on, then let us know. We'd, we'd love to explore it more with you. In regards to the Harfoot story, this is the last okay. bit concerning the Harfoots. So we see this this trio of uh, people clad in white. And uh, one of them is looking particularly angry. <laughs> Some are saying it looks like, you know, proto Eminem. It, it looks like <laughs> it, they could be the next Eminem. <laughs> and... Uh, we we don't know anything about these people. They're brand new, brand new characters. But one thing to note is that one of them has is holding a plate, and on that plate, if you if you pause the the show at the right moment, you'll see the constellation, the same constellation that was in Sardok's book, the Harfoot book, as well as the same constellation that you know meteor man made with the fireflies mm. so while they were exploring the, his meteor you know crater um this definitely shows that they're linked more than we thought yes so yeah maybe they were sent by the other blue wizard to go find the counterpart 
and they're the what the plate with the constellation is like a map i don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah interesting we'll hopefully we'll see more of uh the creepy crew <laughs> the creepy crew i like the it creepy crew. <laughs> yeah <laughs> Well, what's uh what's next on the storyline list then? Oh, well, uh, we had a very brief glimpse. I mean, this was like, it, oh, there's just so much packed in that like some mm. of the scenes were like really short. So the next was the orcs are talking to Adar and the tunnel is complete, but then it goes straight to Bronwyn and she is in the tower talking to the people and asking them who so will we're- stand and fight. So, so the southern, like men and orc storyline. Then, mm. yes, yes, we diff. Well, so we have confirmation that orc skins singes and bubbles in the sun. That was yes. gross. <laughs> um, <laughs> that poor orc though, he was just taking it like a champ. Is the sizzling? He's like, <laughs> feels like fire. I'd be freaking out. Like, ah! <laughs> yeah. So clearly, uh, the Sauron sympathizers have made themselves known. Yes. I mean, some of them probably just kind of went with the group out of fear. Yeah. You know, which yeah. I understand. But, uh, oh, man. Waldreg especially is just like, yeah, yay Sauron. And that, yeah. that's, that's creepy, dude. Yeah. It didn't. What? Is, mm. What? Is, that necklace that he's wearing? What? That's That looks so uncomfortable. <laughs> that neck thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It does. Minor I, detail, but like what? Like, I think it was, he got, did he get pushed to the ground or something? And I saw it and I was like, ooh, that doesn't, that doesn't mm-hmm. look safe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Tried to convince Theo to come. Theo's, nah, bro. Nah. Good game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, he, well, I mean, Adar, I guess it got him to or it was basically implying that he needed to kill, um, oh God, what's his name? Theo. I don't want to say Theo's friend because he was kind of a bit of a brat. Um, but the kid that uh, Theo was knocking around with, whose name I cannot think of right now. I, um, I guess Adar was trying to get uh, Waldreg to sacrifice this kid. Um, oh, yeah, that bit there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That yeah. was... Oh man! As, as soon as that happened, I told Em, "I'm like, dude, Adar doesn't mess around." No. Oh god. Yeah. No. I was pretty, uh, pretty brutal. But in that event, there, I mean, we had confirmation that Adar is not Sauron. Mm, yes. Um, he did not look happy when uh, Waldrag assumed it was Sauron. Um, yeah, and that that is that has led to I this theory, not just from me, but from other people as well, that. Adar actually, and the orcs that he's leading are are not directly linked to Sauron. Mm. That they're kind of their own group. And that uh, Adar is, well, based on his his conversations and him talking about providing a home for these orcs where they won't have to worry about the sun anymore... um, I mean, ultimately, I, I think Adar is just looking to, as the theory goes, basically <laughs> let's kickstart Mount Doom, mm. um, and get it get it pumping ash and smoke into the air to provide cloud cover for the orcs. Now, maybe he has been influenced by Sauron in a way, 
and that he's this is his task, even though it's it's probably Sauron in a disguise of some sort who convinced him to. But regardless, um, Adar got really really angry mm. when uh, Waldrig mentioned Sauron's name. Oh, and you, I have to note you probably noticed this too. <laughs> Basically, the line that Waldrick says when he says, uh, you, you, you are Sauron, aren't you? Like, <laughs> that's all of us fans watching right now. Yeah. <laughs> like to, to each character pretty much. <laughs> I had a, a chuckle at that. That was, that was pretty good. More, uh, oh yeah. And, and we got some more, um, some more Arondir. Yes. You know, brilliance. That, I mean, the guy can do no wrong. He's. I have to say, I really liked him kind of building a relationship with the people, not just Bronwyn in this episode. Mm. So after all of this, we see Arondir teaching Theo archery, basically. Theo seemed a little bit unsure, I guess, and. I suppose, kind of nature of the those people was they don't really like the elves. They've been watching over them, so he seemed a little bit reserved. And then there was kind of like a little switch, and Theo's like, "There's something you don't know," and he shows him the hill of the blade. Now Aranda then is like, "Oh, I've seen this before," and he pulls <laughs> back, leaves whatever it is, overgrown uh, leaves, vines, and there is. Uh, not a statue, um, like an engraving, I guess, in some kind of mural. Yeah, yeah. in a in in some rock. Um, mm-hmm. And well, we find out that the hilt is not only some new, strange, magical blade thing, um, but it's a, it's a key. So, what does that open? <laughs> and perhaps. Uh, well, yeah, either it opens something or maybe the door to uh, Mount Doom. Mm, you know, I like that like, Now, granted, I, there's not necessarily a door, what we have seen in the movies, but like um, it's magic. There, There's magic involved with this dagger. And uh, yeah, people are theorizing that this is some sort of either, yeah, key to a door or it's going to activate the mountain. It'll be neat to see kind of. Kind of random that there's this mural engraving <laughs> at this this place, mm. uh, this watchtower, I guess. Yeah. I was like, who made that? <laughs> Why is it there? But, um, I mean, it's been around for a very long time. It was implied that it's been there for hundreds of years, if not, you know, like a thousand years. But who knows? Mm, I'm sure we or, all probably hear and learn a little bit more about it um when the time comes yeah. um we'll kind of understand the significance of it a little bit more yeah to advancing the story mm. mm-hmm. and i think the last that we saw of this storyline was kind of bronwyn having a bit of a, a moment where she is tempted to mm. go i put go to the dark side well, I guess because she is scared. I, again, it's out of fear. It's it's not necessarily what she wants, but she's scared. And of course, Aranda is like, no, <laughs> let's fight instead. We can survive this. Yeah, I'm wondering if she's going to, you know, flip 
later on. Mm, She's going to get mm-hmm. too scared. I hope not. I, I, I really hope I that she... Well, they were looking at the tower her. like they were talking about like... make. They, I think they were thinking like, oh, we can make it fall down and use it as like either uh, mm-hmm. a weapon or like just make more of a... Impede the path of the uh, the orcs. Yeah, I did fall. wonder I when they were like looking up at it because I noticed like um, dust, not not dust, but I can't think of the right word, but like dust like came out of it, and you know something obviously kind of like shook it or unsettled it a little mm-hmm. bit, and so it's obviously not completely stable in some way. I also wasn't sure if because it cut straight to the orcs, kind of like marching and whatever, and I wondered if like I don't know maybe they were close enough to kind of like shake the ground a little and maybe that unsettled the thing but i don't think they were that close when i look back at it so i don't think there's enough orcs to shake the ground yeah well i don't know we haven't seen them all yet (laughs) maybe there is but probably not enough to uh shake that but it was definitely not sturdy from the looks Mm. of it so perhaps they will use it um in their favor well, before we continue onward, I was going to say, do you want to talk about the drink? Oh, of course. Wow, we completely... <laughs> we are drinking the Helcarexe is our first blue drink, which kind of got me excited because it looks cool. What What are your thoughts on it? No, it's great. It's a it's <laughs> a very refreshing beverage. It's kind of like a slushy. And uh, yeah. yeah, I would definitely recommend adding the uh, coconut on the rim there it's mm. a nice little touch very yes. easy to make into a mocktail as well so you don't need to have alcohol in it mm-hmm. but um just wanted to be that guy and explain <laughs> what, what helicarexa is um because it's not really talked about in the movies or show uh basically there was a land bridge more or less in the first age of middle earth between valinor and Middle Earth. It was at the northernmost regions of Arda, and it was a giant icy land bridge, kind of like how there used to be between Russia and, well, Alaska nowadays. And uh, the elves who could not sail across with Feanor were thus forced to cross the land bridge, the icy land bridge, to Middle Earth. Um, If you've ever heard the name Fingolfin, he was the one who led them across the icy land bridge, amongst others. But yeah, um, very cold, very powerful. Mm-hmm. Enjoy the Helcarexe. Yes. You can <laughs> find the uh, recipe over on our socials. So we post it every week, the recipe on Wednesday. So you have some time to get your ingredients in so that you can have a drink with us on the Saturday. So you can find us on Twitter, which is at Tipples Tolkien. And you can find us on Instagram, which is at Tipples and Tolkien. P.S. If you're looking for shredded coconut, don't be like me and try to find a coconut at the grocery store and (laughs) shred it with a cheese grater. No, that's not going to work. Just go to your baking aisle. The shredded coconut (laughs) will be pre-packaged in the baking aisle, I promise. (laughs) Gilgalad is back to grace our screen with his almighty presence and uh now durin is visiting linden and linden is the far west coast kingdom of middle earth for the elves had some bombs dropped on us mm. 
learned that uh, Gilgalad and uh, Celebrimbor, you know, the, the 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 guy who commissioned the forge, they're uh, they're they're they they got some motives, man. Yeah, and uh, very very sneaky, very kind of dishonest too. Yeah, I I got some bad vibes from them this episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. So to to summarize, basically. There's this blight on this tree in Linden, and Gilgalad is terrified of it. He thinks that Galadriel was causing the blight because her warmongering was bringing about evil. So he, you know, wanted her cast off and sent back to Valinor. Turns out she wasn't the cause of it. Mm. Now he's... He and Celebrimbor are thinking that this old legend about, you know, Mithril being, you know, the light of the Valar will help stop the blight and, you know, maintain, you know, their immortal lives. Now, all all of this, this isn't, (laughs) it's not exactly, uh, not really lore accurate <laughs> oh that's all i'm gonna say like i was kind of watching it i'm like um yeah i okay. feel like these things have kind of caused a lot of uh confusion <laughs> with a lot of people it seems just everyone's like wait what 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 <laughs> where did this come from <laughs> but yeah an interesting note that i did see someone say while it's not um law accurate is like because they were kind of like, well, where did where did this come from? Like, where did they get this idea? And someone said, could this be like I don't know, maybe Sauron, maybe kind of like planted mm. the seed mm. for that kind of a belief. Mm. Um, mm. Obviously, they are now on the hunt for the Mithril because of this. Did Sauron know about the Mithril? And obviously, he wants it to forge. The rings, perhaps. Obviously, we know that Mithril is used for one of the rings. Maybe this was Sauron's way of kind of getting the Mithril without force, I suppose. Well, definitely, yeah, cunning and trickery. That's mm. for sure. If we, uh, so spoiler alert, um, Sauron's involved in the process of making pretty much all the rings of power save the three Elven rings, but. This that that storyline happens. Um, if if <laughs> see, it's hard. It's hard to to kind of understand where where in the second age and when this is all. Sorry, not where when this is all happening, because there are certain key events that we know happen and the order in which they happen and Sauron. You know, being involved in the ring making process is later. So, yeah, he 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 already could be involved, and they're just kind of altering it to make it more happening at the same time. Mm-hmm. But he's also involved in other key events. So, I don't know how he would be in two places at once. Point is, yes. it could be. It definitely could be Sauron. I, I actually already manipulating. had a very interesting question. Just come through on Instagram, just because you were saying, oh, we don't know exactly when like this is. Um, I had a question coming through from Michael. 
um, saying, could we be dealing with multiple timelines? There's always that case. Mm-hmm. I will say that in regards to the Elven and the Numenorian timeline, it's roughly happening at the same time because Galadriel clearly was sent from Linden, you know, on the ship to Valinor and then ended up in Numenor. Mm-hmm. So the stuff happening in, you know, Linden. In the, in the realm of Arnor, um, that that is, I think, happening at the same time as everything happening in Numenor. Right. As far as the men of the south and the Harfoots, I mean, the Harfoots haven't interacted with anyone else yet, so yeah. that could be a separate timeline for all we know. And I suppose the men haven't really, other than I suppose Adar and the Orcs. They've not, other than that little bubble, they've not really interacted with anyone else either um no no you're right i think the the one key thing here that links all of these together is the very first episode when the meteor comes down it shows they all see it Mm. now granted there could be multiple meteors yeah for all we know that could be too Um, for the blue wizards (laughs) (laughs) Right, you are. So <laughs> while there's a chance it could be kind of alternate timelines, or not alternate, but like timelines during different times, then yeah, th- there could be a, a chance of that. But they would have to explain then the different meteors that mm. people saw um, in the very beginning. So I'm just going to go out on a limb and say, no, this is all happening at the same time. Mm-hmm. We'll find out, though. Yes. We, we will find out. Yes. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they put it all together. Love, love, love the chemistry between Elrond and Durin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> watch those guys. Uh, obviously, we could watch Durin and Disa at home, you know, all the time. But um, <laughs> yeah, Durin and Elrond are, are just fantastic together. Yes. Uh, oh, that, that bit where he was... <laughs> Elrond was like, you just wanted a new table to yeah. <laughs> So, yep, Deez has been after one. <laughs> oh, that was great. <laughs> so good. And Durin was just hamming it up that whole time. Oh, man. <laughs> That's totally, I, he is the actor who plays him um, as a dwarf. And so he just, he nails it. Just, oh, it's such a dwarf thing to do. It's, yep. it's fantastic. Mm. And it's um, great. And yeah, we get to see a bit of a, a bit more of the evolution of the chemistry between them and um, see how, I mean, I, I hope Durin isn't playing Elrond when he says like, you know, that he'll still continue to support him mm. and uh, the whole like, you know, you have the in, the entire fate of the elven race in your hands or whatever. And, and Durin seems to accept that offer like, I hope he's not playing him and that he is going to continue to uh, be his good friend. Yes. Mm. I was just going to uh, say, obviously, we saw Elrond kind of having a little bit of a battle with himself on uh, the oath that he made to Durin. And, of course, talking <laughs> yeah. about the Mithril, um, which I have to say <laughs> caused me a bit of stress watching because i was like 
Elrond, you need to stop talking because you're you're telling them that they found Mithril, but you're trying to not tell them that you found Mithril. My boy cannot tell a lie. <laughs> he is basically George Washington. He just, you know. Yeah. Oh, do you know, do you do you understand that whole thing huh? as a Brit? Wait, what? As a British person, the whole thing in America about George Washington and I can't tell a lie, blah, blah, blah. No. <laughs> yeah, it's this dumb story about how he chopped down a cherry tree and his dad asked him what he did. And instead of lying, he told him the truth. Like, it's so, it, I, it's, I don't know if it's an honesty lesson or whatever, but, or was that Abraham Lincoln? <laughs> I can't remember. Point is. There's some U.S. president that uh, it's one of those two that uh, maybe Abe Lincoln, honest Abe, as they called him. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, now I am telling you about American history. Yep. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yes. Uh, yeah, that I'll was rub. that was kind of comical almost. Yeah, it like, was. I just <laughs> I, I made an oath and it's just like, Elrond, stop. <laughs> So they did find Mithril. I made an oath to Durin that I would not say anything. <laughs> it's it's like the worst way of pleading, the most obvious kind of way of pleading the fifth as possible. You know? <laughs> just, like yeah. part of me was like, is this just a strange way of Elrond technically still keeping his oath because he didn't come right out and be like, yeah, they have Mithril and still letting them know they found Mithril because like... Mm. Th- they need to know, otherwise, you know, as they believe, all the elves are basically gonna die. So I don't, I don't know if that was like a him just trying to keep his oath, but doing probably what they believe is the right thing, um, or whether it just was a slip up that was very stressful to watch. You know, Elrond, it's definitely shown that he is just trying to do the right thing, and uh, you know, we we see people like Gilgalad and Celebrimbor just, well, manipulating him in that, like, mm-hmm. Gilgalad is just directly asking him these questions. But then you have Celebrimbor bringing up Elrond's dad, Eärendil, mm-hmm. and, and then making Elrond all emotional and stuff. It's like, oh, my God, mm-hmm. dude, you're manipulative as hell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. They. Elrond, man, I, f- I feel for the guy right now. Mm, yeah, feel I'm definitely not feeling particularly trusting of uh, those two after it's this definitely, episode. Yeah, yeah, like we mentioned, you know, just earlier, like, yeah, it's it's definitely a possibility that Sauron is already kind of influenced, and I, I, I don't think he is trying to, you know, if he's influencing Celebrimbor already, he's not trying to make Celebrimbor evil. That would be very inaccurate, but no. He is um he's trying to get what he wants. Trying to get what he wants and you know, make them think that the elven race is at stake. That little myth that 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 they were talking about, you know, for the Mithril, the, mm-hmm. the legend. First of all, it was a beautiful little sequence. It was. You know. Um, especially that they, they showed the Balrog too, which was Oh dope. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. That isn't exactly lore accurate. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no like legend about that. That was made for the show. Yeah, I was gonna say it, I was kind of in a state of like, wait, what? When it happened, I was like, did I miss something? When I was like, <laughs> I I did an info dump on our Instagram on Mithril, oh. and I was like, I mm. remember none of this. This can't be right. Surely <laughs> this is made up for the show because oh, I saw nothing. <laughs> yeah, again, worth noting that it could be Sauron spinning this tale because. 
the imagery of it is very reminiscent of an event that happened in the first age to break it down as simply as possible. Um, there was an elven hero named Glorfindel and he single-handedly fought a Balrog and won. I mean, he died too. They both died. So he still won, but he lost at the same time, you know, saved people who were escaping the besieged city of Gondolin. Glorfindel was a hero as a result. And thus this imagery you have, you know, this soldier, this warrior fighting this Balrog on this hill over the tree, like kindles some, I don't know, some fondness in the hearts of the elves and some, some more, maybe more, would be more willing to accept that legend of the Mithril and its mm-hmm. power as a result. Yeah. Long story short, could be Sauron manipulating them with mm-hmm. using elven lore. Yeah. And so, I guess, last but not least, uh, Numenor. 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 I can't. <laughs> Menor. I know. I know. <laughs> Galadriel rolls all the R's. Yes, yeah, so many. It's impressive. Yep. Yeah. Numenor is mobilizing <laughs> for war. There's a lot of back and forth between the characters about whether they think they should go to war. Uh, everyone's got different motives. It was kind of, it's kind of neat to see all the different agendas of people mm-hmm. i mean we already know galadriel and her agenda is like go find sauron kill sauron yep then there's halbrand halbrand whatever who uh he just wants to get away from it all yeah but then he changes his mind and we finally see him in the forge too <laughs> yeah yeah he's a very skilled smith mm-hmm. you know uh, <laughs> on the topic of time like Dude, that sword that he forged with the engravings and everything, like, oh man, God. you can't yeah. make that in a day. <laughs> what the heck? Has he been there for months? Or, or uh, I mean, I don't know how wow. long it takes to forge a sword <laughs> myself. So uh, I think the time's uh, definitely been massively compressed as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. True. Yeah. But no, we finally saw him in there. And uh, yeah, it was cool. I have I have a lot to <laughs> I I honestly have a lot to say about Halbrand this this uh this episode because oh. we've talked about theory yeah oh what if he's Sauron <laughs> what if he's the king of the dead you know other people say oh he he could be the witch king of Angmar whatever or he could just be a brand new character mm-hmm. that they're introducing I think he's Sauron oh okay I didn't see that coming I I do um. Interesting. If he if he is, it wouldn't be lore accurate to the show, but I, I could see him as Sauron for sure. Interesting. Um, okay. There is based on yeah, there's there's the clues that we've already seen based on, you know, his uh his skills, his ability to win hearts and minds. Mm-hmm. But I I, I th- the one thing that jumped out to me was when Galadriel was telling him about her backstory. Mm. And her brother. Mm. There is a bit there where Halbrand he he just said, I'm sorry, you know, for your brother, for all of it. Like, what if we're seeing and, and in my head I'm like, what if we're seeing Sauron in a in a brief, brief moment of humility? And he what what and, and it would make sense that he's Sauron, like, I'm sorry about your like for for your brother. I'm sorry for what happened. What I did to your brother, like that's that's the feeling I got from him. 
Okay. Now, I could be totally wrong. I, I mean, am, but sour on show, I guess, any kind of... You know, they already mentioned, uh, we're, we're going to take the example they provided in the show in which um, Killa Brimbor was talking about the Silmarils and how Morgoth had them in his crown. And when Morgoth was looking into them for so long, for a brief moment, mm-hmm. he saw his own reflection and saw what he had become before, you know, stopping to stopping gazing at the Silmarils. So I think maybe that was thrown in there to imply Mm. that these evil characters could still show some kind of, I don't want to say humanity because they're not humans, (laughs) but like humility or acknowledging who they are and what they do. That's just my evidence to support this theory. I don't. Yeah. It could it, again. It could totally be unlinked. I could be totally wrong, but I that that was the 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 key moment for me right there. Where I'm like, yeah. Oh man, this could be Sauron. And like, he's playing a game. Either he's playing a game, or he is he he's over the evil life. He's like, well, we've been beaten back, destroyed, etc. I'm just going to live and see what happens, and maybe. He had a change of heart in which he's like, huh, we're going to go to Middle Earth. We're going to go to the South. Like, maybe I can get some stuff started there again. Mm. You know, I got people who I'm working with. You know, if, if I can win their hearts and minds and I can convert them to followers, like, yeah, maybe Sauron's just been on an extended break and he's <laughs> he's uh, now presented with this opportunity to spring back into action. Mm. So... That's 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 my that's that's my theory there. Okay. What do you think, Em? I mean, very interesting. Well, there is, of course, as well. Can't not mention this. There is something that he's not telling Galadriel. Uh, something that he did. Uh, obviously, something bad. Um, that he doesn't quite want her to know about, but he's kind of you know implied something happened. I feel like I, I think it was kind of the the way that him talking about it was edited was kind of like going back and forth with like Adar and the orcs the question mm. is did he maybe similar to how like Waldrag did out of fear maybe he he knelt to Adar and maybe he did something similar or something completely different but the way it was cut it's probably likely that it was something to do with the orcs and Adar. Again, with my th- my theory, my understanding <laughs> of that, he uses vague terminology there. Mm. Stuff, just talking about like, you know, you don't know what we did to survive and you wouldn't like it if you do. He, he doesn't exactly say what they did. And right. he could very well be referring to, you know, if he was Sauron, like, all the evil stuff that he participated in yep. <laughs> as Sauron. So it could go both ways. Yeah. 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 It, it, it really could. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm just kind of, it's wishful thinking at this point. <laughs> oh, he's being vague on purpose. Ooh, I don't know. I guess the only action that we saw in this episode was, you know, Galadriel training mm. the soldiers with the sword play, which Fun was a, scene. A neat little sequence, yeah. yeah. Um, it was fun. It was fun to watch. And, 
And then there's the other Sauron candidate who is uh, Farazan's son <laughs> uh, who tried to blow up the boat. I mean, he did blow up the boat, mm-hmm. um, but uh, very clumsily. Yep. So maybe he's maybe he's not Sauron. <laughs> but uh, that got me thinking, too, like, OK, so how big is their army? <laughs> they only have five ships like. Dang, I thought maybe there was more. I mean, I don't know the exact numbers from the books and the lore, but I feel like there was going to be more than 500 people going to Middle Earth. Mm. Anyway, that's just nitpicking. (laughs) Point is, they're a warrior force. Yes. And a sealed door went. A sealed door got on the boat. A sealed door managed to make it on the boat. Yeah. But I don't know it. that that whole that whole bit there was handled kind of clumsily. Mm. I think I, it it would have made more sense to me that Isildur stowed away and then you know maybe disguised himself and then came forth mm. and made himself revealed later on. I, I that just may, seemed to have made more sense to me than just him begging and pleading everyone to try to go. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the last little bit I wanted to add about Numenor too was that, um, yeah, we now know that Farazan uh, has some more ambitions, more so than just uh, mm. following Queen Muriel and what she decides. He he is uh, he was telling his son like, oh yeah, we're gonna through this, we're gonna set up trade, like we're gonna get resources, like we're gonna have um, influence now. If it's leading to what I think it's leading to, then. Um, Farazan's got some major ambitions mm. in store for Numenor and for us to see. Yeah. Oh, and if you didn't catch it, it's revealed that uh, Farazan is Muriel's cousin. Oh, and the, there was also the creepy, uh, the creepy foreshadowing from Tar Palantir, her dad. Muriel's uh, dad. Yes. Mm-hmm, you know. Don't go to Mordor. <laughs> I was like, when she, when she was reacting and saying like, why, why shouldn't I go to Mordor? I'm like, I swear, if he drops dead right now, like that would be. <laughs> I honestly so kind funny. of thought it was gonna happen because he just kind <laughs> just of like his chest yeah. and falls to the ground. I'm like, oh I my really God. thought he was going to for a second. I was like, no, please don't do us like this. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, clearly he's he's seen some stuff, whether it be in the Palantiri, like the orb, or just. Mm-hmm. In in general, he he's he's seen some stuff. He he knows that uh, something's going on. Sort of sort of odd, getting Galadriel's motivation or the background of her motivation. You know, she the, when Halbron pretty much asks her like, "Why are you do Why are you doing this? What's your end game here?" And she's just like, "Because I can't stop, mm-hmm. huh?" <laughs> yeah. Uh, Okay, <laughs> uh, maybe it's divine intervention. Maybe the Valar are, are, are using her as sort of this, not a tool, but just like they're 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 providing her with the energy and the strength and the drive and desire to go and vanquish this evil. But like, oh, what? It's very <laughs> it's very just nondescript. I guess I don't know. Yeah, it's just a little tidbit. Again, Michael, <laughs> feel free to edit it out if it's really. To, it's it's not adding much to the episode. I very much enjoyed the little, the well, the song that mm, they sang. Yes, and it included a quote from J.R.R. Tolkien, which you've probably seen on 
paintings and bumper stickers. (laughs) (laughs) It says, not all who wander are lost. It's probably his most famous quote. Mm. And uh, they included that in the song. Yeah, I like that. Very nice. Very nice addition there. I like that a lot. It was uh, Mm. was cute. (laughs) Also nice to see that... um, you know, ha- the, the Harfoots are uh, very much like their Hobbit descendants and singing as they go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a lot. That was an incredible episode. Mm-hmm. There's there's a bunch of story stuff in there that, you know, to book readers like M and I, it it doesn't doesn't quite make sense, but. We're still enjoying ourselves very much. Yeah. So yeah, that was quite a meaty episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> gave us a lot to think about. I hope it gave you a lot to enjoy and think about as well. Looking forward to seeing some action and big things happening in the next one. Yes. I think yeah. there's going to be a lot more action heading our way in the next couple. I'm excited to see it. Well, once again, thank you very much for tuning in, for listening, uh, for sending us questions, and um, we've even gotten a couple of of cocktail ideas from people. <laughs> Just uh, so, so the names too. I, I love the names that have they've they've come up with for the names of the cocktails. But um, yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you a million times over again for being a part of this and enjoying the show with us. So. Thank you so much for listening. And once again, if you want to find us on Twitter and Instagram, we do weekly info dumps as well as, of course, the cocktail recipes every week on our Instagram. That is at Tipples and Tolkien. And then our Twitter is at Tipples Tolkien. Please feel free to send us messages, questions, whatever. We put up a lot of like polls and question boxes in our Instagram stories. So please, please feel free. Send any questions or any thoughts, any theories our way, and uh, we will discuss it in the following episode. Absolutely. Cheers to you, to your kin, and uh, (laughs) to your house. Have a great week. See you next time. Bye.